anyway, welcome everybody. We're talking today about three things that steal success and uh, three reasons why failure happens. And we want to look at those and jump right in. We are kind of continuing on from the other day. Uh, we are continuing on uh, from uh, three ways to succeed, to always succeed. And today we want to look at these things that will steal our success. It's kind of looking at it from two different angles, uh, but we want, to, we want to make sure that you are always in the place of success. You're never being held off uh, from that, held off from success, that you're not moving in failure, but you're moving in that success. I don't think we've had the 100th comment, comment yet, so it's getting, it's got to be close. It's got to be close, but we love you so very much. Share the broadcast, like, subscribe, hit the notification button. Let's jump right in. Amen. Hallelujah. So, one of the things I want us to look at is 1 Corinthians 13.3. One of the things that we saw is that in 1 Corinthians 13.3, but now faith, hope, and love abide these three, but the greatest of these is love. So, what it's telling us is that our faith, hope, and love we're supposed to abide in. If you read this in the New Living Translation, the other one was the New American Standard, it says, three things will last forever, faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. If you want to be in something that's not going to fail, then get in something that God said will stand forever. So when you are in faith, hope, and love, these three uh, items, they always succeed. And if you're not in those things, then it's going to fail, right? If you're not in faith, hope, and love, it's going to fail. Now, one of the things that you'll see as we were talking about last week and over the last few weeks, there's two different kingdoms. You have the kingdom of God and you have the kingdom of darkness. But you can't operate in the kingdom of God without operating in His ways. And His ways are faith, hope, and love. His ways are faith, hope, and love. You know, there's been a whole bunch of comments, and it kind of, hey, Corey and Brandon, good to see you from New Hampshire. It kind of, you know, baffles me that we've not had the 100th comment yet. So maybe scroll back up and see if it was up there somewhere, and we got missed while we were crying after Buddy ate the strawberry. All right, so one of the things that, uh, yeah, Kevin goes, surely we've had 100. <laughs> I agree. And so uh, one of the things that you want to do there they are. They're scrolling now. I was like, that looked weird. It looked like I was either going up or down. The whole screen went like this. So one of the things that we're talking about is how to succeed and never fail. And uh, if we're going to succeed and never fail, we must operate in God's ways. We can't sit there and operate in other, in other ways outside of His kingdom or else uh, what's going to happen is we're always going to fail because God's ways work. God's ways work. Put that in the comments right now. God's ways work. And if you're operating outside of God's ways, it's never going to work. If you're operating outside of God's ways, it's never going to work. But three things to make your way successful is always faith, hope, and love. And I want you, you know, we looked at these scriptures. You can put them in uh, for faith. Mark 9, 23, Mark 11, 
22 and 23. And both of these say, when you're in faith, all things are possible. All things are possible. Mark 11, 22 and 23 says, have faith in God. And whatever you say and believe in your heart, you'll have these things. It works. You have a promise of God that faith has success. Faith has success. Put that in the comments, please. Faith ha always has success. Faith in God, in His promises, in His character and nature, it always has success. The other one that we looked at was hope, Romans 5.5. 5. Romans 5.5 5 says, hope does not disappoint. It always wins. It doesn't fail. It always wins. Hope does not disappoint. The other one that we looked at is love, 1 Corinthians 13.8. Love, literally, it, the Scripture literally says this, love never fails. Please put that in the comments. Love never fails, right? So, faith never fails, hope never fails, love never fails, but let me give you this. The opposite of these three things always fail. The opposite of these three are always going to lead you to failure, and they will steal your success. And I want us to break those down and look at how the devil tries to steal success from people all the time. Our corrupted flesh, right, always is trying to steal success from us all the time. It's always trying to steal it. And so if you look at this, uh, I want you to see this. So let's look at faith first. The opposite of faith that will steal your success, put this in, the opposite of faith is unbelief. Unbelief. The opposite of faith is unbelief, and I'll, I'll throw this in there, three other words, doubt, anxiety, and worry. The opposite of faith is unbelief, doubt, anxiety, and worry. And so if you think about this, as we're going through life, if you want to be successful, you have to be in faith. Uh, if you want to be successful, you've got to get to the place where your life is a life of faith. Literally, in Romans, it teaches us a lack of faith is sin. In Hebrews, uh, it teaches us that faith pleases God, right? It also teaches us that when we're in faith, that God is a rewarder of them who diligently seek Him. He's a rewarder of them who diligently seek Him. So we want to be in the place of reward. We want to be in the place of success. That means we've got to be in faith. That means we must be out of unbelief, doubt, anxiety, and worry. And so what I want you to see is this. Anything in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 8, it says, think on these things, whatsoever things are true, uh, good, uh, honest, of a good report. And then it wraps up the end of the verse. Uh, it wraps up the end of the verse by saying this, whatever things are worthy of praise, whatever things are worthy of praise, think on these things. So now I want you to think about this. And I've told the church this for a long time. Listen, if, if something comes to your mind or to your, you know, tries to get into your heart that doesn't cause you to lift hands to God and worship the Lord, you should not be thinking on it. You should not be meditating on it. Because the Bible tells us specifically that we should be thinking of things that are worthy of praise. Dwell on these things, the King James says in Philippians 4.8. We want to make sure that we stay out of unbelief out of doubt, 
right? Out of anxiety and out of worry. And so what the devil will do, he'll try to steal your success by causing us to drop our faith. So what does this look like? Many times, you know, people have come in and they'll come into a church service and the power of God will move. The anointing uh, for healing is there and they will feel the power of God. It'll be just an awesome uh, sense of the presence of God. And, and the healing, they'll get healed. Right there, they will get healed in that service. But I, I can promise you, because the Word teaches us this, the devil comes immediately to steal the seed of the Word. He, he comes immediately to steal the seed of the Word. And so what I've watched it. I've, I've watched this so many times. People will be touched in a service, whether it's healed or another way, and before they get to the door, he's already trying to work on their mind and steal that. He'll try to throw a symptom back in, the, in their body and say, look at there, you didn't really get healed. No, they really got healed, but what he's trying to do is get them to disbelieve what just happened. He's trying to get them to disbelieve what just happened. He's, he's trying to get them to focus on the wind and the waves instead of what Jesus did, just did, just like the Israelites. He's trying to get them to focus on the Egyptian army instead of all the power that God released to get them free of the bondage of Egypt. You know, when you look at the book of Exodus, you know, many times that's his plan. It's his, it's his MO. It's what he does every day. It's what he does. You, why does he do this? Because it works. And he's done these things and they are designed to steal your success. Unbelief will steal your success. Unbelief, dropping faith. You know, sometimes it, not just unbelief in general, but sometimes you can have faith. But then you drop it, and until you pick it back up, then it's going to continuously steal your success. Unbelief, right? Doubt. It's like doubt is one of those things where uh, uh, unbelief and doubt can they go hand in hand, but they can actually be uh, separate things. Uh, doubt can be where you just. Uh, doubt comes in. In other words, like I, I, one of the greatest stories I ever heard to explain doubt was something that Andrew Womack said. He said, I, he said, I was believing God. I was believing God for signs, wonders, miracles. There was a guy in a wheelchair on the front row of this meeting. He said, I'm preaching. I'm so excited. He said, I know God's going to raise this guy out of the wheelchair. And he said, so I'm, I'm getting to that place. I'm so excited to get there. I'm happy to get there. It's going to be awesome. He said, and I'm just preaching to get to the end where I can see this guy walk. He says, I get done preaching. I go down there. I grab that guy by the hand, rip him up. Up out of that wheelchair, and he and he comes up out of that wheelchair and falls face first on the ground. He said immediately doubt came in. I doubted that this was now going to happen. He said he said now you'd have a hard time convincing me I didn't have faith. You know what kind of person doesn't have faith when they rip a guy up out of the wheelchair? He said I had faith. He said but when that thing happened, he said I started to doubt that it would take place. He said, I became embarrassed. I became fearful, right? Fearfulness is something that will steal your success. That's why God says it over and over again. Do not 
fear, right? And fear is not of God. Perfect love casts out all fear. He said, I began to doubt. I began to fear what could happen, all this stuff. I was scared. You know, he said, and I just helped the guy get back in his seat, and I just, you know, kind of ended the service and went from there. But Andrew said, let me tell you a story where somebody had the potential for doubt, but stopped. He said, he told the story of Smith Wigglesworth, where a lady uh, had a big tumor on her stomach. And all of a sudden, he, the usher, she was so weak, she had ushers that were helping her stand there. And he said, uh, they were believing for that tumor to be completely healed and dissolved. And uh, he told the ushers, he said, let, let her go. And immediately when the ushers let her go, she was up on the stage. She did the same thing that happened to this guy with Andrew. And uh, she fell flat on her face and hit the stage. And the, and the crowd went, oh, they gasped. And, oh, my goodness. And so what they did then, he said, pick her up. And so the ushers picked her up. You know, they trusted, you know, Smith Wigglesworth to do this. He said, pick her up. So they picked her up and uh, stood there. And then, and then Smith goes, let her go. And the crowd, now watch this, he was in faith and not in doubt and unbelief, but the crowd, once she fell on her face, the crowd was in doubt and unbelief. You know, the majority of them, maybe not all of them, but the majority. And they were like, oh, can't believe he said, let her go again. Don't, 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 doesn't he realize that she fell last time and she could get hurt? And so doubt started to come into the crowd. But he said, let her go. And, you know, they, the ushers kind of hesitated, you know, and, uh, he, and all of a sudden they let her go. Guess what happened? Again, she falls, boom, hits her face, right? And the crowd grasps and everything. Smith is unfazed. He's in faith and he's not in doubt. He doesn't let doubt come into him, right? Now, but you got to have a boldness and a confidence. Boldness and a confidence is something we'll talk about in a second. It is one of the things that will keep you in success. And so all of a sudden he says, pick her up again. And when they did, the crowd just about lost it. And one guy from the crowd, to my, to my uh, recollection of this, one guy goes, let her go, you beast, or leave her alone, you beast. In other words, he's calling the man of God a beast because this guy's in faith. In other words, Smith had every opportunity to move into doubt, but he stayed strong in faith, stayed strong in the thing that abides. And then he said, pick her up. They picked her up. And then he told the ushers, let her go, right? The third time he says, let her go. And uh, the ushers like Smith, and, you know, like we don't want to let her go, you know? He said, let her go. And I mean, he's losing the crowd. Everything, everything's happening. See the difference between Andrew, how he told this story and what had happened to Smith Wigglesworth. Doubt was not allowed to stay in, in Smith's mind and in his heart. He was, he was ignoring doubt because it will steal success. And so all of a sudden, he goes, let her go. What happens? The lady, th for the third time, falls hits her face again. The crowd is like now booing him. I mean, he's lost the crowd completely. But the lady gets up, and when she gets up, the tumor falls off of her stomach, and she's completely healed. <laughs> Obviously, he regains the crowd at that moment, and they, and they have faith. In other words, his faith and lack of doubt 
actually now cause the faith to be implemented in the lives of other people. We need to be the kind of people that faith is there. But uh, you got to understand, you don't just go around doing stuff like this unless you know who you are in God and you've got the Word of God on it. There's a lot of people who are in presumption thinking that they're doing something. They can cause damage to the kingdom because they hadn't heard. We'll live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. But when you've heard from God and you know who you are and you know what He's going to do, you stand on that. And having done all stand, and it will not only bring about the miraculous and the supernatural, but it will instill an, a faith in people as well. In order to succeed every time, we must stay in faith. We can't go to unbelief. We can't go to doubt. We can't go into anxiety and worry. Years ago, excuse me, years ago, um, the Lord said this to me. He said, learn to recognize the emotion of fear. Now, uh, in the Bible, you'll understand that fear is a spirit, but that spirit invokes an emotion. And whereas somebody might not be always walking by, you know, completely spiritual and miss the discerning of spirits or not recognize there's a spirit at work here, the emotions that it invokes, many times fear can be felt by most people. And he said, learn to recognize the emotion of fear. And so when we learn to recognize the emotion of fear, it will cause us to kind of wake up when there's a spirit of fear at work. And one of the things that will happen is anxiousness will come in. A worry will come in. Fear will present itself. And this fear is there to steal your success. Because we have success by faith. We know that from the Word. But that fear, anxiety, and worry, learn to recognize it. Again, that's why he gave me the other thing. If it doesn't cause you to lift your hands in praise, it's not something we should be meditating on, and it's designed to steal success. Put that in the comments. If something doesn't cause me to lift my hands in praise, it's designed to steal our success. Amen. Looking at the second thing uh, that will, is designed to steal your success is discouragement and despair. Discouragement and despair. Discouragement and despair. So the first thing that's designed to steal your success is unbelief. The second thing is discouragement and despair. This is the opposite of hope. This is the opposite of hope. Hope is a joy, a confidence, and an expectation. Uh, a hope, a confidence, and an expectation. But the opposite of that is discouragement and despair. Now, what I want you to see is this. How many times has the devil tried or uh, part of your corrupted flesh tried and tried to make you discouraged, tried to bring in discouragement? You know, how many times have you sat in a service and you're like, oh, this, the Word of God is true. This is going to bring, this is going to change. This is going to turn everything around. And before you can even get out of the service, the devil is trying to bring discouragement. Well, is this really going to work? Is this really going to happen? Before you can even get home, he's, he's on you trying to bring in a despair. Well, I hope it works. And we're not, we're not talking about a Bible hope. We're talking about a worldly hope, kind of wish and luck. Well, I wish it would work. 
And that immediately is a discouragement and a despair, and it is designed to steal your success. Discouragement and despair. Well, listen, you've got to come against that. You can't, you know, the Word tells us and makes it very, very plain. Uh, the Word makes it very plain. Our job against the devil is to resist him. Please put that in the comments. Our job against the devil is to stand against him and resist him. To stand and resist. To stand and resist. To stand and resist. Thank you, Lord. To stand and to resist. Glory to God. You'll see here, let's go to uh, Isaiah 61. Isaiah 61 and verse 3 talking about the promise that Jesus will bring. He says, to grant those who mourn in Zion. In other words, when they feel like mourning, in, instead of he'll, he'll give them a garland instead of ashes. In other words, he'll give them a decoration instead of grayness and despair. He says he'll give him the oil of gladness or an oil of joy or an anointing of joy. Uh, the King James says a garment of praise uh, and instead of mourning, the mantle of praise instead of the spirit of fainting. They will be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord that he may be glorified. So what I want you to see is the devil tries to lay on you a cloak of despair and discouragement. And our job is to resist him and stand against him in faith of what the word has done, of what Jesus has done in our lives. But many times what's happened is we've just taken that despair and been like, oh God, I just wish it would, would get fixed. And God's sitting there saying, you know, if you will simply do what I've told you to do, it will be fixed. But in other words, the responsibility is on you and I to take what Jesus has done and apply it. To take what Jesus has done and apply it. Hey, Pastor Patrick, good to see you from Gabon. I love you so much. Good to see you again. Our job is on purpose. Take that cloak of despair off of us. Put on that cloak of praise, that oil of joy. Put on that anointing of God's goodness. In other words, this is how we resist. No, I won't stand here in discouragement. I won't stand here in despair. I'm going to put on hope. I'm going to put on praise. I'm going to start praising the Lord because I know this battle's already won. I know I already have success. He's always leading me to try in Christ and manifesting through me the sweet aroma of the knowledge of him in every place. See, these are promises from God Almighty. This is not just a pipe dream. This is promises. These are promises from God Almighty. Do you think these promises are not going to be fulfilled in people that will apply faith towards them? No. Faith always succeeds. Hope always always succeeds. And when we will put faith and hope towards the promises of God, they will always work. And the devil knows it. So he tries to get us in our thinking to think more about how they can fail instead of how they can work. The devil's trying to do that. 
Our flesh is trying to do that. But we got to start thinking, no, I resist him. I'm not going to sit here in this discouragement and despair. I'm not going to sit here in anxiety and worry. No, I'm going to take that garment off and I'm going to put on the garment of praise. And it's going to be mighty and glorious. It's going to be a magnificent testimony of God's goodness and graciousness because he's already won. He's already won. Devil, you got nothing. Put it in the comments. Devil, you got nothing. Devil, you got nothing. So, the things that will steal your success, the first thing we said was unbelief. The second thing, discouragement and despair. Now, watch this. I want you to see this. I want to define this discouragement and despair a little bit more. So, watch this. One of the markers of discouragement and despair is a gloomy a gloomy disposition, a gloominess. In other words, you're not in joy. It's like gloomy around you. And here's a good marker. Here's a good thing to recognize it. Don't think, you know, because a lot of times the truth is, a lot of times when you ask people, they will give you an answer about themselves based off of their intentions, but not based off of their actions. So a lot of times when I'm judging myself, when I'm judging myself, I don't think, how would I answer this question? I think, how would the people around me answer this question? Okay? And this helps me to judge it properly. In other words, let's don't go off of what I think I'm doing. Let's go off of what other people actually see me doing. And so, you know, are you a gloomy person? Has this been a ditch for you? It, if people came around you, uh, are they always lifted up or are they pulled down? You know, are, are you, you know, are you a Tigger or are you an Eeyore? <laughs> you know, hey, oh, woe is me. One day this is all going to work out in the sweet by and by. Are you an Eeyore? Are you a bouncy? Are you a tigger? Are you, are, and I'm not telling you to just be you know, a crazy, energetic person. I'm telling you, what do people feel around you? What do they sense? And, and don't give me what your intentions are. Are you gloomy or are you joyful? Because gloomy will steal your success. And if you don't get honest with it, and if you don't get to the place uh, where you, you know, judge yourself, then all of a sudden you will be judged in that area. In other words, it's one of those things where if I'm not honest in my own judgment, I'm, there's going to be a sentence that I miss that I could have gotten rid of because I didn't judge myself and put on what I needed to put on. And so make sure that you are looked at as a person that lifts the atmosphere of a room, not a person who draws it down. And if you have found yourself to be a person that draws down the room and, and you have that gloom, you know, <laughs> like you know, I'm dating myself a little bit. But, uh, you know, gloom, despair, and agony on me in the old Hee Haw show. You know, uh, don't be one of the people that's constantly carrying gloominess. Work on that. I don't want to be a gloomy person. I don't want to be a person that everybody, hey, how you doing? Well, it's all right. Well, it doesn't look all right. Well, you know, it's getting better. Is it? I'm not sure based off of the, you know, well, you know, how you doing? Oh, it's okay. Hey, Jesus has got me. 
You know, it's like they, it, it almost pained them to say that, you know. This is a gloominess. This is still in success. This is a, a trap and a trick of the enemy to keep you in despair and discouragement to steal success from you. No, you gotta, you've got to meditate on the Word. You've got to think on the Word. You've got to stay on that Word and be ready so that when anything comes, you'll be like, this is going to turn, and it's real to you. It's not just something put on. It's not just a confession of faith, but it becomes real to you. And how do you do that? You meditate on the goodness of God. You meditate on His promises. You move to those places, and all of a sudden, you'll move into the place where it becomes real to you. No, this is going to work out. You know, if you get around me, um, I, I hope that this is your, uh, I hope that this is one of those um, realities, you know. But if you get around me, I don't believe that we're going to stay in a place where it's not working. I always believe there's a solution. I always believe. But I'll tell you, I wasn't always like that. I had to work on Brian to get in that place. I had to work on me to get in that place. I couldn't, you know, because many times I was sitting there and it just wasn't working. And I said, no, this, I started to see God's always leading me to triumph. He will always provide a way of escape. He's got good plans for me to give me a future and a hope, to give me a future and a joy, to give me a future and a confidence, a boldness, to give me a future and an expectation. He's always doing it. And, and before then, I've been letting the devil, well, I don't know if it's going to work out or not, you know. That's gloomy. That's a discouragement. That's a despair. That's not something worth, well, I don't know if it's going to work. That's not something worthy of praise. No. And so that is the exact opposite of what God has told us to do. And I didn't realize it, but it had been still in success for me for so long. And uh, I've got several stories I could tell you about that. But we can't be gloomy. And the, and the way to really judge that properly is ask the people around you, you know, uh, if you went to them and said, am I a gloomy person? And, uh, you know, if, what would they actually say? Am I bringing the room down or am I bringing uh, the room up, right? Am I bringing a joy to the room or am I bringing it down? You know, I want to know. I want to know, what am I doing? Sometimes it's good to actually go and ask people, how, how do you present yourself? Tell me honestly what, what you think. You know, you'll find out who your real friends are because the ones who are honest will actually tell you the truth. And uh, I like people. You know, if, I, <laughs> if I got a booger on my nose, I want you to tell me. I want you to let me sit here in front of the camera and go for an hour with a booger hanging out my nose. You know? um, one time I told this, um, I, I went to this lady, she was in the middle of the church, she had just walked in, and she had her hair, and it was all nice and pretty and everything, but it was fall, and the leaves had been falling. She had an oak leaf stuck right in her hair. Like, she had been walking in, the wind had been blowing, a leaf got stuck in her hair, and she's in church. She'd been in church for five or ten minutes. You couldn't miss it. It was a big old oak leaf sticking out of her hair. It wasn't decoration. She wasn't being eccentric. She just got a leaf stuck in her hair. I said, hey, Miss Barbara, I said, uh, uh, let me get this for you. She went, oh, I've, how long have I had that? I was like, I don't know. I don't know. She's like, thank you so much. I'm like, yeah, well, I don't mind telling people the truth. You know? Yeah, and I'll, I'll do it. I'll be diplomatic about it at times because some, sometimes people are not ready to hear the truth. And, and the Lord knows when they are and when they aren't. But uh, I'll tell them the truth. You know, that's what a good friend does. <laughs> that's what a good friend does. Amen. All right, so things that will steal 
uh, your success. Unbelief, discouragement, and despair. I want to stay on this because discouragement and despair is the opposite of hope. I want to talk about more of uh, these things that will steal and cause you to fail. <coughs> Excuse me. All right. Amen. All right. Gloomy. How about this? Uncertainty. Uncertainty. So one of <laughs> Kevin Nowicki, he said, I keep queso in my beard. <laughs> oh, I'll tell you. I'll tell you if you do, bro. Um, so <laughs> uncertainty. Have you ever watched somebody who's uncertain of, of something and they're just shaky? Because they don't know. They don't know that they know that it's going to be okay. They don't know that they know that it's going to come through. They don't know that they know. And uncertainty. Uncertainty will steal your success. Uncertainty will steal your success. This is one of the things. This is why in hope it's a joy and a confidence. It's a confidence. Not an arrogance. A confidence. See, if we are not confident. Remember, hope never fails. So when we will move from uncertainty to a confidence that it will work, all of a sudden we empower a way of God and success is ours. But if we're uncertain, if we're uncertain, then we are on the path to failure. We've got to get certain about the promises of God. Every time I've seen the power of God move mightily in miracles and things like this, uh, in ministry, it's been when I have been certain that they were about to work, that I've been certain they're about to work. And uh, thank you, Lisa. Lisa said, bless you after I sneeze. <laughs> thank you. I appreciate it. And uh, we have to be certain, but the devil wants to utilize a weapon of uncertainty against it. Let's get to the place where we are so confident that we know, 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 that we know that this promise of God, this character and nature of God is about to come through. See, when I look at that verse, that's why that verse is so strong with me, 2 Corinthians 2.14. But thanks be unto God, who always, look at the absolute wording that God gives us, always, always leads us in triumph in Christ. And manifest through us the sweet aroma of the knowledge of him in every place. In every place. God's telling us that so that we can be certain. He's telling us that so that uncertainty won't steal your success. He's telling us that so that we can be bold and confident about every promise and the heart and the character and nature of God. He's telling us that so that we won't miss success, that we will succeed in everything that we do. He'll, we'll be in triumph, we'll be in victory in everything that we do. He tells us things like this all throughout the Word, you know, so that we can be certain about His love for us, about what our inheritance is, about what's happened in our lives. He wants us to know that we know that we know that we know and be certain that we're going to win, that we have victory. Right? He wants us to know this. He doesn't want us to have any question. He doesn't want us to be uncertain. Uncertainty about the promises of God is the devil's weapon to steal your success. He does it in our minds. He, he attacks our minds. with. Again, I'll go back to it. If it doesn't cause you to raise your hands in praise, then don't think on it. 
you got to be certain about what God said. Now, a part of certainty or versus uncertainty is that you actually are certain about things God has said, not things you made up. So you don't want to be certain about things that are presumptive. You don't want to be certain about something that you've made up but God didn't say. You want to be certain about what God has said and only what God has said. All right, continuing on, things, you know, under discouragement and despair, watch this, this goes hand in hand with it, hesitation. Hesitation is designed to steal your success. It's a part of discouragement. If, if I am discouraged or in despair, I'll hesitate. God will say, go, go now. Go now, but I'll hesitate and I'll miss the promise of God. And it'll steal the success. It'll steal the success that God has for me. God wants me to be so confident and certain that when he says go, I don't hesitate. I'm, I'm not hesitating. Now, the key is you don't want, you want to... You don't want to hesitate when God says it, but you, got, you want to be clear what God has said and what he hasn't said. But he doesn't want hesitation. This is a confidence in what he said and a boldness in what he said so that you are at the ready. You are at the ready. And if God says, go now, you, there's no hesitation, right? Uh, you want to, many people, let me, let me give you an example of this. I've watched many people over the years where, and I've, I've done this too. I'm sitting in the uh, sitting in the pew, and all of a sudden, the man of God who's preaching or something, he says, "Hey, if you need this, I want you to come right now." And and I'm sitting there, and I'm like, "Oh, should I go?" And what have I done? I've hesitated on the word of God. Now today, if he says, "If you need this, I want you to come right now," so like for instance, if somebody says, "I've already predetermined in my mind and in my heart." If somebody says, if you need a miracle, I want you to come right now. You know? Now, sometimes I can be in a service where I'm, I'm helping to run the service, and I might not move in a prayer line at that moment. But if I'm, if I'm just there receiving, which the majority of people are, and he says, do you need a miracle? Like, I don't have to have you know, my arm hanging off by a thread for me to realize I need a miracle. I need a miracle in a lot of ways. I need a miracle in finances. I need a, I need a miracle uh, in, you know, paying off all my debts. I need a miracle in all kinds of ways. I need, a mir I need miracles to work in my ministry. I need a miracle all the time. You know, if you need, if you need a financial thing in your, in your, uh, are you believing God for more money? Well, I mean, we're paying our debts. We have, we have plenty. We're, we, we have overflow, but do I need a miracle? Let's say that every debt is paid. Let's say that I'm, I'm receiving everything that I need financially to pay our debts and have enough. That's awesome. But here's the thing. Do I need more? I need an abundance. Yeah, Hannah said, a miracle in abundance. I always need more. I always, because the more I have, the more I can give, the more I can sow. So I'm, many times... People are sitting there and they're like, well, do I need that? The odds are you need whatever anointing's being, being pushed out. You need whatever anointing that's being pushed out. Now, and, and so what I want you to see is this. Don't hesitate 
Be confident. I don't care what it is, God, you're going to pour out something to me. I'll watch many times, and I've been this person, sitting in the pew. And I've even had things in my heart, like let's say, do you need healing in, my, in your body? And I'd be sitting there thinking, yeah, I need healing in this. they say, come on down now. And I would sit there in the seat and hesitate. You know, I've done it. I've done it. Well, I don't know what people would think about me if I, you're a pastor and you need healing. Well, like, like the devil doesn't try to attack, you know? What, what, what in the world? We're, and, and I'll hesitate. Why am I hesitating? Because discouragement or despair has come against my hope and tried to steal the success right in that moment. I've seen that happen so many times. Glory to God. This, this is why glory that I hesitate? No, glory that we're finding out about it. Glory to God that we are finding out and we know what to do and we'll be bold and we'll be confident and we will not hesitate and we will have the success that we need. All right, now, uh, hey, and I, know, I don't know what's going on with the comments, but I'll tell you what. Oh, man, it just told us we had a 1,000 messages today. I know what it is is we didn't refresh that page. We didn't refresh that page from Teddy's broadcast hours. That's why we've got to always refresh that page. But here's the thing. The thousand com comment was Hannah Sittler. And so, Hannah, you won the gift card today, and we're going to make it special. So do that like five times the normal gift card for Hannah today just because it says a thousand messages. <laughs> Although I don't think we've had a thousand, but we have had a lot. So, Hannah, you win the gift card. You can go to whatsright.com slash gift. And uh, thank you for being on the broadcast and commenting today. Amen. You never know what's going to happen here. It's always going to be good though. Amen. All right. So now, so did y'all mark it down five times what the normal gift card is? So hallelujah. And uh, so one of the things that I want you to see is this, is another thing that he's trying to actually do. And she went, ooh, <laughs> here, here's another thing is thing that'll steal your success under discourage and, and despair is apprehension. In other words, I've watched, now watch this, many times this gloominess and an apprehension goes together. It's almost like a, I don't deserve this blessing. Well, I need this. I, I need this in my life. Well, I just don't want to bother them. And I just don't want to bother them and, and get this. I just don't want to do this. And all of a sudden, what will happen is that gloominess, that despair, that discouragement causes this person to not even reach out. You know the woman with the issue of blood? You remember the woman with the issue of blood? What would have happened to her if she would have had apprehension about apprehending Jesus? See, apprehension would have stolen the healing from her. It would have stole the success of being made completely whole because if she was, uh, had apprehension, if she was actually had hesitation, she never would have reached out and touched the hem of his garment. Apprehension, hesitation, they go hand in hand. It's a part of discouragement and, dis and despair designed to steal your success. All right, here's a big one under discouragement and despair overlooking something. Overlooking. Let me explain this. Okay? Overlooking something. Imagine, imagine that you were discouraged and in despair. Remember, hope is a joy, a confidence, and an expectation. This is a huge one. This is a huge point. So, 
make sure that you pay attention to how I'm describing this. Overlooking. Overlooking will steal success from your life. Overlooking the 